Welcome to The Great Unlearn. Join me, your host, Cal, as we dive deep into understanding and unlearning the programming within us. Let's uncover your inner truth for a life with newfound purpose and freedom. Get ready to question it all in The Great Unlearn. If you want to unlearn, well, first learn what your feelings are trying to tell you, and then you can unlearn anything. Spirit was talking to me the entire time, sometimes with a feather, sometimes with a fucking jackhammer. I wanted to grow. I wanted to heal. I wanted to discover what intelligence was because I had been faking it. Our entire society, Cal, is designed to pad us from the truth. We start to know that the, the path of consciousness is actually the hard path sometimes. To become a conscious man or woman means that you have to look at all your shit. And I'm letting you know that no matter what you've achieved, we're all in this. We all have our shit. The counterintuitive work that we must do is in the moment where it's most difficult. If you are lost in the forest, or if you are lost in life, or if you're lost with your partner, or if you're lost anywhere, the most powerful thing you can do is stop. We live in a world that likes to hide truth that's in plain sight. You don't need eyes to have vision. You have to tune into the wisdom of the heart. You cannot solve a problem with a solution you haven't experienced. So when people feel purposeless, ask yourself, what feelings are you not willing to feel? You cannot have power unless you have peace. I don't even know how to kind of introduce this one because you're like a new man. And uh, so Josh Trent's on today. Someone that, that I met back just, just in December, but from that very first moment, there was, a, there was a, uh, an ability to see one another Yeah, that, that I think is really special. And I think we were both really drawn to that. And so we've become really close in this short period of time and even hosted a podcast together, which we were just talking about. We're going to do it again. So fun. Yeah. Uh, but you just got back from a vision quest and uh, some people don't really know what that is besides a movie with Matthew Modine, <laughs> which was dope. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. Oh brother. I need to see that. You need to see that. Yeah, yeah. Oh gosh. You're, you're a bit younger than me. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely in my wheelhouse in high school. But before we get into the vision quest, and because I really want to spend a lot of time with the lessons and the learning and the why behind that, I'd love to drop into your history. You have a podcast called Wellness Force. You've been doing it for a long time, I believe. Six years. And, and it's, um, yeah. you haven't released your 400th episode yet, but it is coming. Is that correct? That's a special one. Come on now. With yours truly. Little teaser. <laughs> with a lot of giveaways. Yeah, okay. we got free giveaways on there. Tons of giveaways. 400 shows. But I'd love to, for you to just, for my audience, how you, you know, what, what, what brought you to, to create the Wellness Force podcast and then kind of what that journey's been like for you. The Wellness Force podcast was, was built where I was actually on my knees. Um, I had gotten fired from a corporate job, which was the greatest fucking gift. <laughs> I could have ever imagined. It didn't feel like it at the time. It didn't feel like it at the time. Um, Why did you get fired? I got fired because it wasn't my path. What was the and job? The job was actually, uh, I was an account executive in the, I guess you could say the health and endurance space. Um, a guy, Mitch Thrower, shout out to Mitch Thrower because he was an awesome entrepreneur. I really got to see what it was like 
to be the bread and butter, the heart and soul behind your business. So it was beautiful training. And as you know, Cal, it's like we look back and every little experience, every little piece we get, it helps us to fulfill our purpose. And so that was the, the path I took was this path of fear to reverse engineer it back. 2014, I'm in a cubicle. 10 years before that, I had been a fitness professional for 10 years. I was a trainer. So, you know, like 10,000 hours with clients and, and learning how to hold conversation, which made me a great podcaster yes. with being a personal trainer for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, and then before that, just really being lost, being a lost soul, being 280 pounds, being in a relationship Bro. in my young 20s where I, I didn't love her and I wanted it to work. And uh, I was a Mercedes Benz technician. I used to work on automotive. Like I would say in the, I would argue that you didn't, you didn't love yourself and that way you, you exactly. because of that, you couldn't love her. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good, that's a good insight. Yeah. And so, and then to pull the e-brake even further on that and how this relates to wellness force, I was born in a situation where, you know, my mom's path and, and her Dharma on planet earth was uh, a mental illness, bipolar. And my dad did the best he could too. And I have love and, and respect for both of them, but he didn't have the psychological tools or really the emotional bandwidth to like be there for his kids. Um, and so with that lack of tools, like lack of psychological tools, lack of emotional tools, dude, I, I mean, it's no surprise that I was 280 at one point because I didn't know how to live in this body. I didn't know how to be safe in this body. Ah. And so I found this drug that a lot of people find. It's called food. Maybe you've heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I just, whenever I would feel sad, whenever I would feel an emotion that I like didn't know what to do with, I would just go use food. And food was the ultimate quell. It was the ultimate sedation tool ah, sedation. For, for me to just feel kind of okay. But you know, what led me to wellness force was just these constant series of separation, initiation, and return, probably five, six big cycles of the hero's journey, which we all walk. You walk it, That's right. Lindsay walk. We all, we all walk these paths. Yeah. And um, gosh, when I look back on what wellness force came from, it came from me being in humility and service to spirit. I didn't know it at the time. That's right. But Spirit was talking to me the entire time, sometimes with a feather, sometimes with a fucking jackhammer. Yeah. And so when I was on my knees, I'll never forget this, man. I was at the Carlsbad golf course. I had just broken up with a woman who I thought I was going to marry. I put my mom in a mental home. I'm 33, 34 years old. I'm in my friend's spare bedroom. And I'm just like two in the morning. Everything I ever thought I had just gotten fired from that corporate job. So this is actually uh, 2015. I'm 35 years old. And I just was on my knees and I was just like tears pouring out of my eyes. And I'm just like, God, what would you like me to do? Because I'm not going back to that. I'm not living someone else's dream. I'm not going to be a cog in a wheel on someone else's purpose. I'm not going to do it. I'd rather die. I actually, and that's, that's real. I told God at the time, if you want to kill me, just kill me. Cause I'm not going to be here anymore. If you want me to go that other path, I'm willing to die for what I believe in. And that was like the, the massive turning point where I had just started the podcast. It was in the spare bedroom of my friend's home. Like none of my external environment was conducive and supportive to growing a business. <laughs> it, just, it just wasn't, you know, but there was something in my heart that was like, if you don't do this now, 
then you'll never do it. If you don't do this now, I had, I had battled with confidence and anxiety for a long time, you know, all throughout my twenties, even being a personal trainer, like a lot of people in the health profession, they will look the part, but on an integrity level, on an integration of ego, it's not there. Cause there's really no, there's no training in fitness for ego integration. You know, you have to go outside the, the common thread to really learn what it is to integrate one's ego. So wellness force was born with me on my knees, crying to God and asking, what will you have me do? Cause I'd rather die than go back to the other way. Okay. So a lot's coming up for me here for, for one. And I just <laughs> yeah. wanted to be, I wanted to acknowledge that, um, people, they do different things to feel safe. You put on all this weight to it's, it's the fat suit that allowed you to feel safe. Yeah. There are other people. The experience I had was I built muscle to feel safe. To it's feel, armoring. It's just armoring. It's armoring. And it's the same. Yeah. The, the same idea behind it is we don't feel safe. And so for me, it was like, how can I, and it's, it's obviously a lot more attractive and people will pay you a lot more compliments when it's muscle versus fat, but yeah. it's the same thing. No doubt. It's yeah. just, it's a pathology behind it. There's a story there. God, I saw so much of this and I'll, I'll unpack it more when we talk about the quest, but everyone is doing the best they can in the current moment with the level of consciousness they have. And so when I was packing on the weight, that was literally my soul protecting me. I mean, you look at any addiction, any addiction is the opposite of connection, either to self or to others. So I went down this path of like, not even listening to my soul, but I have a powerful soul, just like you. We all have a powerful soul. We all have a loving, beautiful, powerful soul inside of us. And that soul is guiding us. Now, to the degree that we connect with that soul, that's the quality of our life. Yes. But a lot of times, a lot of times, uh, and, and I fought my soul for a long time. Um, we will use uh, exterior, like external locus of control to, to say in our center, which is really the access mundi. It's our center. And so I didn't even know what that was. And I used food as padding, just like you used weights. And I, and I was pretty big too. I mean, in high school and in my twenties, I could, I could bench 315, like 20, 25 times. Like I, was, Whoa. I was a big dude. I could, squat, up, fella? I could squat 375, like up to 15, 20 reps. So like, dude. yeah, but I, but that, that training was just for me, it was another checkout of like, well, I don't feel safe right here. So I'm going to put extra right here Yeah, so that I'll feel safe in here. But it's easy to fall into that trap because our, our entire society, Cal, is designed to pad us from the truth to disconnect us from our fucking soul. So that's, that's the reality of where we are. And so there's a beautiful solution and there's lots of light that comes with that. But we've, we've got to, and part of my process with Wellness Force and even preparing for this quest and everything that I'm doing is being honest with the dark, the dark in me, the dark in the world, the dark everywhere. Because if we're not looking at that, we're bypassing and bypassing just yields to more darkness. Yeah, and it's like the... Do, do we, can we create enough space for that darkness to be there? Because if we don't create the space, it's going to come and it's going to be ugly. Oh. It's going to be painful. But creating the space for it, you know, the world we live in today, I'm glad you brought that up, is, is super challenging. That's yeah. one of the things I do want to talk about today because I think you have a really interesting take on how people can manage 
hold space for what's going on in the world because it's it's it is it's it's um it's really hard it's really difficult if you don't have the right kind of mindset around it and see it for what it is a learning experience and exposing of what's always been happening that's what's happened for me it's like just exposing what i was unconscious to yeah like oh i'm just waking up to this now nothing changed just maybe they've gotten more brazen with uh what they think they can do with everyone um but yeah. before before we go down that rabbit hole i'm curious man 6 years ago like i started my podcast early 2020 there were a lot of motherfuckers doing podcasts at that point yeah. 6 years ago how did like how did you literally say i'm going to do a podcast and you know you come out of this space like what was the guiding principle this is what i want to share with the world well total truth is i was selfish i wanted to grow i wanted to heal i wanted to discover what intelligence was because i had been faking it just like a lot of us yes we fucking fake it in this world. Yeah, we do. A lot of people do. Yeah. So let that land for a moment. Yeah. Um, but, but in my selfish pursuit of wanting greater intelligence, of wanting to have peace within myself, I realized that there was a big turning point that I had actually from a business coach about two years in. And he was like, what are you most afraid to share? And it's funny that your wife Peyton came in and she was like, you know, Josh, you seem pretty polished. And I'm like, well, my goal, especially and, and let's just in a good way. In yeah, a good, yeah, let's yeah. That, that she's like, I got love one for of your the wife. Things yeah. I love about you is that you show up like really, yeah, put to, like really polished. You really take care of There's yourself. There's a backstory and, with that too, man. And you come in with just like this, you know, your chest proud in not a kind of douchey way, but you just, yeah, you 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 have a great presence, and it's all put together. So I just I want to land that for everybody. Thank you. And so, Thank you. <laughs> as, as you were. Yeah. So, so in his home, this guy named, I think his name was Rocky, I believe, uh, Rocco, Rocco Castellano. And he was like, what are you most afraid to share? And I was like, I'm most afraid to share that I host a wellness podcast and I don't really feel that well. And I'm most afraid to share that. And at the time it was just nerve wracking. I mean, any kind, any time that a snake sheds his or her skin, we as humans, there's always going to be this threshold moment of like, oh shit, come to Jesus. Is this really happening? And so I'll never forget the first time I ever on my own podcast was like telling my audience and sharing with my community, like, hey, you guys, I'm actually figuring this out with you. I'm in this with you. A buddy of mine, Drew Canoli, he has this phrase, he goes, you know, we're in this together. And for a long time, I was like, is that really true? And then I got to know a story and I was like, okay, yeah, we're, we're in this together, especially with what you've been through. And so with what I went through and then getting my ass handed to me in 2015 and then starting the podcast from that place where I asked God, what would you have me do? Two years later, I had another return moment where it was like the very thing I'm most afraid to share, the thing that makes my nervous system just constrict, that's, that's the path. <laughs> that's actually the way. But we're not taught that. We're taught path of least resistance, do what feels good watch this porn, eat this food, do that shopping, bypass this. That's how this world is set up. So when, when I, when we become conscious, we start to know that the, the path of consciousness is actually the hard path. Sometimes it's not the easy path. 
to become a conscious man or woman means that you have to look at all your shit. You have to unlearn what you've learned. That's actually not love. It's the opposite of love. It's, it's constriction. It's contraction. And so that was when things really turned for me. And um, I think I went into a big cul-de-sac from your first question. What was your first question? No, uh, we're good because yeah, yeah. I, I love I loved what we're tracking here because this, what you're, what you're introducing is when, when we hold those things to ourselves, yeah. you know, I know in my experience, I felt like a fraud. And so then there, that energy is coming out. And then because I feel like a fraud, there's a lot of shame around yeah. that. Maybe there's some guilt. And so these lower energies that are keeping us from really expressing who we are. And I can just imagine when you finally shared that mm. all the story around how, how, how constricting that felt for you went away. Cause you're like, Oh, actually it's super cool that we're all in this together. Exactly. Now I'm, my audience feels super connected to me because I'm not trying to say I'm above this. I'm with you. I'm figuring this shit out. And it's more trustable. If I'm on the yes. top of the mountain, then why would anyone take the time to climb up and see me? I'm down here with the people. I'm of the people and for the people, just like you. We all are. Yes. Anybody that pretends, and this is why I'm not going to name names, but in our space, in this podcasting world, there are people with good intentions that are paving the road to hell where they're on the top of the mountain. And I'm like, okay, to the degree of consciousness they have in their heart, they're doing well. And they're doing the best they can. And they're doing the best they can. So I'm not judging these people, but there is an objective truth where I think it's, it's a quote that like, it's been said a lot, but it's like, uh, it's real. I'm really feeling it with you. And, And it's a roomy quote. And it was beyond right and wrong. There's a field and I'll meet you there. And it makes my whole body kind of light up because that's where we all are. You and I influencers that pave the road to hell with good intentions. We're on the top of the mountain. We're all in that field. We're all doing the best we can. We're all children of God. We live with our mother here on planet earth. So the reality is we truly are doing the best we can. Now I'm right there. And so in that point at the two year mark, I was doing the best I could. And I didn't have what, what our friend and my mentor, Paul says, I didn't have the spiritual courage to really live my truth and to be seen for all my imperfections, all the things that I was um, trying to pad and cover up. Like it was really challenging for me because I built an entire life from early childhood all the way up until that point, Cal of protecting myself. One of the masks that I've worn for my entire life is I'm going to say the perfect thing in the perfect way at the perfect time. And then I'll be loved. Then I'll be accepted. Then, you know, I'll be received by my father. I'll be able to protect my mother. I'll be able to like succeed in school. I'll get the girl, but it's just this fucking castle of sand that I think our buddy Aubrey has talked about before life comes in and everything we think we know is a castle of sand and and the tide will come in and wash that shit away. So that's the gift that I got at that two year mark. And it changed everything. I mean, it it really was like, it's, it allows me to be in, in harmony with you because I'm not fucking hiding anything. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be someone I'm not anymore. Damn, that's peaceful. It is. You know. And, and, you know, my, I, I would say my big moment in that, and the people who listen to the podcast know it was my experience in Las Vegas. That's, That's where right. that castle of sand yeah. got washed away yeah. and the belief system got, you know, was a house of cards. And, uh, and not everybody, 
uh, is willing to accept that. For me, I knew something wasn't right. And I was willing to question everything, everything I believed, everything that I thought I stood for. And, uh, and in that experience, it, it is super challenging because there's a lot of identity wrapped up in that. But on the other side of that is what liberation, freedom, real connection, because people get to see Fuck me for yeah. who I really am mm -hmm. with, you know, warts and all. And, and I think to your point earlier, you know, every, you know, I would say everybody out there is doing the best they can. And, you know, I had a friend ask me, he's like, you know, we were kind of talking about some other influencer who's like super hyper masculine and money, this and planes and da, 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 da. And he's like, how do we you, need that contrast? He said, how do you, how do you kind of convince people that what you're doing is different? I said, there's no convincing. I want them to go try that. Yeah. You need to try all these things to see if that works for you. And if that works for you, great. But if it doesn't, and I would argue when it doesn't, when it finally kind of fails, like then I'm here and, and I'm letting you know that no matter what you've achieved, we're all in this. We all have our shit. And it's the more we can, you know, guys like us with this platform can share that. You know, and this was the big, um, Genesis for my podcast, I was seeing the conversations I was having, how it was opening, you know, largely men opening men up, giving them permission to do it a different way, to share that shit, that shame, the, I have this podcast, but I'm not living this wellness force. <laughs> right. And then once you get that out there, people are like, Josh is a real dude. Like that took some courage. And also you flex, start to flex, you know, work that, that rep of that open honesty. Yeah. It just starts to show up everywhere. Cause it's so freeing. You start to realize that all these masks I'm putting on are not for anybody else. They don't care. They actually want to know who I am. They don't want me to show up as, and I felt that personally here shift for me in the fall. I'd be going out to different gatherings, parties, whatever, up until then. And trying to kind of show up however I thought I needed to show up for whoever was there. And you know, you're being like a chameleon big time. And what, 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 what did you want to show up as? Well, for this person, I needed to show up as a guy who, um, you know, had done some good investing and this person, I need to show okay, up as a guy okay. who was fit. And this you guy, had all your shit together, <laughs> right? Yeah. I had all this, these different stories. Yeah. And so what would happen prior to going out to this thing that I wanted to go to, I'd have some, some level of anxiety because it's like, it's exhausting. I know exactly what you're talking about. And then it shifted. Kind of had this awakening in November and it just started showing up as me. And as you know, it's the fucking easiest thing in the world. You know what? Mm. People really love that. And if they don't, then, then maybe we're just not compatible. And that's cool too. Yeah. But to, to, to be able to show up that way and to see the contrast. And I've thought about, I've gone out to Sedona a couple of times with Aubrey and that crew. Yeah. And had some amazing experiences. But on some level, I was a, more of a fly on the wall rather than being a real active participant. And now maybe they didn't feel that way, but I knew that's, I was very careful about kind of when I spoke and kind of minded my business because I wanted to fit in. And I just realized how, again, how constricting that is, how hard that is. And now I don't have any of that. You know, now I just show up with the group like, this is fucking who I am. And you know what? I kind of dig who I am. 
<laughs> and there are times when I fuck stuff up, but I, I really, yeah, just, just kind of getting into that space has been so, you know, cathartic for me. It's healing because it's truth. And there's, there's, there's no story to keep up. But, but the truth is, the truth is simple, but the truth isn't always easy. (laughs) 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 And I'm saying that because like my little kid was laughing. He's like, oh yeah, the truth. That wasn't a little kid laugh. That was my little JT coming online. So um, the truth is simple, but fuck, it can be really hard because the truth is I'm going to look at this mirror and I'm going to see all the people that I've hurt all the women that I've slept with, all the porn that I've watched, all the things that I've done where I abandoned my inner young man. And that's the real work, if you say. I don't think that the spiritual path always has to be work. But there are fucking times where the tide comes in. And when the tide goes out and everything's bone dry for all to see, that's actually the most beautiful gift we could ever have. Because when the tide goes out, you're able to see what's the water has been coming up, covering. And that's so empowering. It's so liberating, but fuck, it's confronting. And so for all of us, for me, it really came through, I think, relationship, conscious, loving, connected relationship. And I don't care how you identify. It could be man, man, woman, woman. For me, it's woman, man. And I love her so much. And I'm willing to look at myself because I want to show up for her and my son, my upcoming son. Um, in the best way that I can. And I'm, I'm gifted. I'm blessed that, I mean, I'm so grateful to just be here with you on your show Mm. and just have this spaciousness to, to contribute to the world. You know, I can really feel that with you Me too. And I want my son to have that. I want him to have some of the gifts that I never had and not as a fuck you to my father, not as a angry at God, but just because like, can that just be enough that I just love him that much? Can that just be enough? Mm-hmm. Instead of always using, and I think I fell into this trap so many times in my life, using anger and resentment as a fuel source for progress. And this is, <laughs> I know we haven't even touched on the quest yet, dude, yeah, but, we'll but, um, but one of the things I got in the quest, and I won't spoil it for later. It's a teaser, little teaser, folks. <laughs> little teaser is, is, oh my God, I was sitting there on my back and I just opened my eyes. This is three days of, of fasting, complete, no food, just water, no tent, no fire, no flashlight, nothing. And I'm just crying because the sky is so beautiful. I'm having a psychedelic experience with no medicine at all, except for the potent medicine of our mom. You know, this place we live on, planet Earth, she's our mother. And I just looked up at the sky and I just felt this information come in and it was like, wow, shame and guilt are brother and sister, but they're totally different. They're totally different. Shame is something that we believe about ourselves. I'm not a good person. I'm ugly. I'm stupid. I'm fat. I'm this, I'm that. Those shame um, mechanisms come in from parents. They come in from society. They come in from media. They come in from self. Because as a child, we are self-centered. Our brain hemispheres are not totally connected yet before the age of seven. And, and then I realized, oh my God, shame is so much different than guilt. Guilt is something that I choose to hold on to because it fortifies the shame that I believe about myself. And it was just like, holy shit, boom. It was almost like my head exploded. Go deeper into the guilt part for me. The guilt is something that we hold on to. Think about one mentor that I will interview. His name is Gabor Mate. Oof. 
And he talks about these hungry ghosts that are inside of all of us. And the hungry ghost can never be fully satiated. The hungry ghost is something that's constantly craving more fuel and more fuel. Well, guess what? Guilt and shame are in the fire of our being. And when we keep putting on the logs of evidence that I'm a fat, stupid idiot, all that does is feed the fire of shame. And then we wonder why we get dis-ease, which is really in Ayurveda, it's the, it's the warming of the body, right? So I, I had a time last year where I got this rash on my eyes. What the fuck is going on? It was actually after one of our first workouts. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I was like, what is did going on? Did you sign the release? I did. <laughs> you can die if you work out at the bunker. Um, and I just, anyways, this, this unfolded in the quest. And, and there was this moment where I was like, wow, the, the guilt is, is actually something that I'm holding on to, to fortify the belief about myself that is shame. It's the lowest human emotion we can, we can ever feel. So it was deep and I really got to see that, oh my God, well, if this is something that I understand that this is something that I can control, but not because I need to control it, but because it is what it is. Like shame is something that it just keeps getting fed. Guilt is something we hold on to. So shame is this belief where like, I am a piece of shit or I am this, but guilt is like, I'm holding on to the guilt. So if I choose to let go of the guilt, the shame doesn't have enough fuel anymore. The shame doesn't have as much fire. And so that was a huge, like huge reckoning moment where I got to see a lot of the behaviors, a lot of the ways of being that I had done up to that point. I mean, wow, here I am like this podcaster who's developed and all these things. But not really, <laughs> not, not really. And so we're all just doing the best we can, man. But that was a huge lightning bolt of awareness. The, yeah. the, the brother and sister of shame and guilt. I was just like, wow. Well, and I, another hungry ghost that comes to mind for me, and I wonder where it is in the, the kind of the family tree is external validation because mm. it, it almost works, right? But you got to mm -hmm. keep fight, feeding that fire. Yes. And we're looking more and more for people to tell us how good we are, how smart we are, how whatever. And we get that, that little hit. And, and then it's, it's like when we can finally realize that it needs to come from within and just that contentment that we are enough, no matter where we're at in our journey, because we are doing the best we can. And that, that's the piece that I would say that I've been really working on probably for the past year to 18 months is, is, is to really stop caring what anybody thinks. That's a big one. It's a big one yeah. and a uh, work in progress, but have, have made some real strides there. Um, I think it's really, it's really challenging be, because it's very nuanced, right? You, you, whether it's your partner, your kids, your friends, there's some level of resonance that we seek. But at some point, we're not being true to who we are and how we feel if we're, we're kind of overly concerned with feedback from outside sources. You know what I was feeling when you were explaining that was this concept of trauma bonding. This is another thing that I've been feeling quite a bit especially with all that's going on in the world, as we're squeezed by the world's events, all of the things inside of us that aren't loving are kind of bubbling to the surface. You know what I mean? They're, they're coming up. Yeah. 
And a big part of what I realized is that I bonded with my mother. And many of us do this. I bonded with my mother through sadness. So it was, it's shared sadness um, with family members through trauma, maybe death in the family or illness or disease or even wartime. Like there's a lot of reasons why human beings, we get bonded through trauma. But then when the trauma is gone, we're looking for a new bond. We're seeking for like a more loving bond. And then that's when you have to have the spiritual courage to actually create that loving bond, which involves a deep dive into self. But this trauma bond that we all experience, man, it's so real. You ever see families, or I don't know if you've dealt with this in your own family, but like certain families, they just have a way of being. And especially in the Italian culture, there's lots of yelling, lots of like loud, boisterous talking. The, the trauma that we experience as, as young men, young women, and even adolescent, and even in our 20s, it really shapes our psyche as adults. And then we will, I will sometimes unknowingly project that trauma bond onto the woman I love, onto my friends, because I'm addicted to really what Dispenza calls the emotional roller coaster. I'm addicted to the, <sighs> if I'm not feeling like my life is a roller coaster, well, then I'm not alive, which is total bullshit. Yes. Life is, life is meant to be lived at the pace of nature, which is a slow, continuous boil. It's not this crazy flash in the pan and then cold. Yes, we get that sometimes. Sometimes that just happens naturally because life will bring us certain lessons. Spirit will bring us certain lessons. But we really all have to take a deep breath on this one. Like really check in with your heart. Like, are you trauma bonded with your parents, with your friends, even with your spouse? Like, are you trauma bonded? Because if so, there's, there's no shame in that. But like, how do you take that trauma bond and turn it into a loving bond. That's a big one. And that involves a ton of nuanced work. And you can get that through lots of places, you know, ceremony of many kinds. It doesn't always have to be psychedelics. It can be, it totally can be. Um, but this trauma bond to the loving bond is another thing that's, that's come online for me lately, just realizing that and, and understanding that trauma actually is a, I think we're all here on the planet to experience trauma. Otherwise it wouldn't exist, right? If God didn't want us to have trauma, then there wouldn't be trauma. So there's obviously divine purpose for us to be traumatized because it makes us who we fucking are. Yeah. If, if we choose, if we, yeah, if we choose, it does one way or another, it, it does makes one, us who we are. If we <laughs> choose to heal it or not heal it. And I can laugh, not because it's a funny subject, but because it's like, if I can observe that, and if I can look above it and see the higher plane and go, oh, okay, I can actually choose to be honest and to, to sit with a brother and talk on a show and be like, yeah, I, I, there's certain things that I've done that, that really weren't loving, or there's certain things that I've done where I was trying to bullshit or posture. Um, I can start to unravel and unwind the, the bonds that aren't loving. And then I can create really strong ones. And that's what the world needs. The world needs less trauma bonding and more loving bonding. That's what the world really needs. But we're all right now, Cal, we're being fucking traumatized by COVID and mask wearing and vaccines and all this stuff. And everybody's going like, you know what everybody's doing? Everybody's going like this. <sighs> we're all on the roller. Did you see what so-and-so said? Did you see what Fauci said? Did you see what this? We're all on this fucking train that's going nowhere. How do we get it's off going that? fucking nowhere. How do we get off that train? I don't how know, does, but we need does, to talk about this. Yeah. How does someone get off that train? Because I feel like I, I'm, I'm pretty grounded in, in, in what's happening on some level. But I find myself on the train. Me too. And um, like, how can people not see this? Or how can people not see that? 
And I understand that there was a time where I didn't see this and I didn't see that. Yeah. Um, but, but I, you know, that's one of the things I did want to talk about today is what, what can we, what can we, sh- what practices have you, you know, kind of implemented, have I implemented that helps people make sense of, of all the kind of cognitive dissonance that's happening right now in a way that I've never experienced in my life. And, um, you know, there's a part of me that can hold space for that and know that everybody's, every soul is on their own journey. And someone who has a very low level of awareness, um, that's okay. I don't need to wake them up. That's not my job. My job is to continue to do my work, share what feels like what's in integrity for me, whether it's on social media, whether it's sitting here with you on the podcast, however else in conversations. And as I do that, it, 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 it will resonate with whoever is ready. And maybe it won't. And maybe someone will yeah. come in and say, you know what? I think you have this wrong and this is why. You know, but just to be able to just share without worrying about, well, as long as it's in integrity, I don't need to worry about pushback. And I don't need someone to wake up because I think a certain, you know, a particular way about whatever it is, the vaccines, the masks, COVID, fill in the blanks. Yeah. Right. But like, what, what would you suggest? Like, how are you able to kind of hold all this or create, I should say not hold it because holding it is a different energy. It's like creating space for, for it all to be. Well, you told me I ask hard hitting questions. That was a hard hitting question right there. Come on now. <laughs> um, the spaciousness that I now know how to cultivate even more powerfully since I got back from the quest. It's the spaciousness for be for me to be a witness. And I know for most people that might sound a little esoteric. Like, what the hell are you talking about, dude? The witness. To be an observer. I don't know. If you've ever seen the film, it's a documentary film. It's called What the Bleep Do We Know? I haven't it's seen old it, school. but you're, you're not the first guy to it's tell me. It's old school. It. That's in the show notes. And yes. <laughs> and um Anyways, they talk about the, the particle and the wave. And when you view, when it's called the observer effect. When you view things, um, they did a split test where they sent particles through a board. And when they observed the particles going through the board, the particles acted differently than when they didn't observe them. So there's, there's a quantum understanding that we're talking about here. So in this spaciousness that we cultivate, we have to cultivate spaciousness. And it might be the most counterintuitive thing because when the child is screaming, when the bills are due, when you're stressed out, when the, literally when the shit hits the fan, <laughs> the last thing that the logical mind wants to do is go and create spaciousness. Logical mind's going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Create spaciousness. My child is crying in the next room, you know, but that's what we need to do. And that's actually the, the, the counterintuitive work that we must do is in the moment where it's most difficult. And I'm not perfect. I'm not batting a thousand but I'm aware of it. I'm talking about it with you. Yeah. And, and, and so I'm going to increase my, my RBI. And there's nothing, you know what it is when you were saying, there's like, Oh, there's nothing to fix. There's nothing to fix here. It's just to tune into what feels right. Yeah. Can we, can we, can we zoom out enough where we take a look at everything individually and see what feels right. And then have the courage to go against what we previously believed. Right. And a lot of people don't have the moment of a vision quest, uh, a Las Vegas shooting where that belief system 
you know, is, is rickety already a little wobbly. And then it just, it kind of falls to the ground, you know, but without that, it's just like having the courage, the spiritual courage to question these beliefs. Cause you aren't your beliefs. We are attached to these beliefs. And now I think about the quote from Rumi and, and please repeat it again. Cause I'm going to mess it up. Um, uh, beyond right and wrong. There's, there's a field. I'll meet you there. There's so much right and wrong yeah. rhetoric right now, all over everywhere. And so that's, I guess that's where I'm trying to share. It's not a right or wrong, but isn't this interesting? And maybe that suggests that something's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Fair. But like, can we be curious about what's going on? Right, Cal. But we can't be curious unless we have the spaciousness to be curious. Yes. Like I remember I had this conversation with Kelly Brogan and she talks about the spiral path where in life there's always contraction and expansion. It's just like this, <laughs> you know, the wave, the tide that I was mentioning, it's the same thing in yeah. and out high and low. And something that she said was really powerful because it was like, you know, if we can just be in the acceptance that things are going to spiral, there's going to be times where we're not going to want to create spaciousness because we're so contracted. And she was talking about her partner and how in the very moment where he needed her love, she chose not to give it to him. She chose not to give it to him. How many people have done that? And how that? many people do that? Because Me, no matter how up. developed you are, I don't care if you're Eckhart Tolle. Well, maybe, maybe he's transcended. I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but no matter how much work you've done, there is spirit is always going to bring you situations where you are going to have to grow your spiritual maturity. All the time, all the time with my life and, and my lady and my son and, and our lives, like we, we are constantly tested. And this is going back to your other question of like, what do we do as a society right now? Cause we're all kind of on the roller coaster of like, oh my God, this is another thing that came through on the quest is like, what is the one thing that you can do if you were lost, if you are lost in the forest? or if you're lost in life, or if you're lost with your partner, or if you're lost anywhere, the most powerful thing you can do is stop. Mm. Just stop. Because then you'll be found. But what happens is we don't want to stop. We want to keep going. We want to keep following the roller coaster, <laughs> the incessant monkey mind, because we're trained that way, dude. Look for a solution. Fix it. Let's fix this. To fix it, I need to go do whatever. I just, yes. This happened to me and I was laying with Carrie this morning and she was telling me all these things about the baby and I was offering her solutions. She's like, I don't want solutions. Yes. <laughs> I don't want solutions from you right now. I just want you to listen. And I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> so I, I fall into that trap too sometimes. Yes, you know? and, and, sure. I, and I think that I think that so many of us, myself included, the reason why the past year and a half has been such a motherfucker is because we have all been called to the altar to kneel and pray for more spaciousness. But that is a muscle. That is a muscle to create spaciousness. In the same way that we train our body or eat good food, I mean, emotional, spiritual muscle is, I think, honestly, brother, harder than the gym. I think it's kind of easy to, to go work out or to go running. or Because you can fake that shit. Because you can just kind of go do it. Go lift some weights and do, yeah, do, yeah. But having a heart open conversation with your spouse or pausing, turning off your phone and sitting under a tree in the bare dirt with your bare feet for an hour, I wouldn't be surprised if 
80 to 90% of the public literally admitted that they could not do that, that they straight up could not sit under a tree for an hour with their feet in the dirt. I bet you it's true. I don't have- like, Oh, that's a low number. I don't have the research. I think I Maybe 95. 90 bid, yeah. Maybe 95. So we all, we all are here on planet earth. We are from the earth. And it makes me kind of emotional because I'm like, oh, there. Rob Wolf came on the show and it's so funny. You ever hear things like a year ago and then they make sense in the moment? Yes. And he was like, nature is what we are. We belong with nature. And it's really touching because we have, in the most sad way, in the most sad way, we have become so disconnected from nature, so disconnected from our mother. And we wonder why we're crying. We wonder why we're sick. We wonder why we, we don't have the playfulness or the spaciousness. And um, it's so easy, dude. It's so easy to just go connect simple. with her. To just simple. Simple, but... Not Maybe easy. not always easy. Not always easy. So thank you for that correction. It's so simple, actually. But it's not always easy because there's many reasons why the logical mind would say, well, because of my responsibilities, I can't go create that spaciousness. That's right. I can't go do that. I can't. You don't understand, Cal. You don't understand. I have these things. I have this stuff. You don't have this stuff. You've got this. You can, it must yeah. be nice for you to have all these things. It's like, okay. Yeah, but no matter what your external situation is, everybody's got the same internal faculty. Our faculty of communication with self is the same for fucking all of us. So that's, that's actually the muscle we need to grow. That's what we're being called to do, man. As a society, we're like 12 years old. I'm, people would argue with me, maybe even we're like six years old. Yeah. So we are so young and we are being schooled by great spirit and mother earth. We're being schooled on how to live properly. Now we can buck against it and be the rebel or we can be humble and be like, what do you have to teach me? Uh, you know, what are you here to teach me? What are you truly here to teach me? And I think that's where we are, dude. That's the motherfucking segue into a vision <laughs> quest story. So let, that's where we are. So land this for people who, who yeah. don't know. I love your podcast. I love you. Love you too. Again, man. we're going to be doing a lot more yeah. of this. This is going to be so fun. <laughs> so fun. Um, yeah. So really, you know, 101, a vision quest for people. Yeah. What, and then I want to know what called you to it and then sure. you know, kind of share however you feel called. Yep. So it's actually really cool. What called me to it was spirit through someone else. Um, a friend of ours, Aubrey, he, he never connects me to anyone. And I've known him for maybe three years. And, and in December, right, actually it was the night of your party. What's up party? He, um, he emails me. He's like, hey, welcome to Austin. Let's get lunch. And also um, I need to introduce you to Tim, Tim Kokorin from Purpose Mountain. And I was like, okay, cool. I paid attention because I, I felt like, okay, he never, he never introduces me to people. So why would he introduce me <laughs> to Tim? It was probably some divine thing. And um, as soon as I found out what he did, which was lead people on a traditional 10 day native American vision quest. And I'll, and I'll get into the specifics of what that is. Perfect. I just, something inside of my heart was like, like, I was just like, Oh yeah, I'm probably going to do that. You know, you just know things. Yes. Um, I felt the same way when I had done medicine circles before, or when I did the, the 20 X with Mark divine or the Vipassana, like I've just 
knew in my heart, as soon as I learned about something, I was like, oh yeah, I kind of want to do that. And I, the more I talked to him on the phone, I was like, okay, should we do a trade? Should you give me a discount? And I'll go out there and I'll have you on the podcast. And, and then I was like, fuck that. I'm going to go be a real participant. I'm going to pay the full amount. I'm going to have the traditional experience. I'm not doing any trades on the podcast anymore. Good for you. No more trades. That's, how good did that feel? Felt fucking liberating. Yeah. Because money's energy. And this is a whole nother podcast of like, wow, I love money. Not because I, I want big things. And even if I did, as long as my intention is pure, that's okay too. Um, but I, I really have gotten to see money for what it is. It's, it's a uh, agreed upon value of exchange yeah. that, that you and I share from a loving place or that, that we share from a, a, from a hateful place. It's a hammer. <laughs> you can build a house with a hammer. You can kill somebody with a hammer. Money's the same way. So yeah. I did that with Tim and I set that foundation. And um, I just felt this as time went on, Cal, I felt this deeper realization of why Aubrey had connected us because my son's going to be here, you know? And I knew I was like, okay, there's still things in me that aren't loving. There's still things in me that need to be cleaned up. And so uh, that's why I felt the call to go out there. And for people that don't know what a, a Native American vision quest is, the way that, that Tim and, and Mark, my guides do it is, um, I flew out to Idaho. I got to, to priest river, which is like two hours from Spokane. You go 20 minutes deep, uh, 30 minutes deep into the wilderness. And then once you're there, you go another hour to the actual sit spot to where I would do it. So we're talking like way deep in the forest. Okay. No trails. You had to actually, I had to, had to go up and find my sit spot without like a trail, like going through the forest and like pushing stuff away. It was, mm. it was a trip, dude. It was a trip. So um, three days of integration, three days of really, um, and I'm sure you've gone through this, where they do specific ego shedding exercises. Sure. Where you're getting honest with yourself and like, what are the ways that you've shown up? And I mean, I, I was cracked wide the fuck open in those first three days. And then the big how one, many How many people are there? I got really lucky. There was only seven of us. Seven of us, two main guides and two co-guides, Alia and Hayden. And, um, wow, it was potent. Like, um, a long time ago, I, I, I think it was actually Czech that told me is like, like medicine, medicine men or medicine women and tribes, they would ask four questions if someone was sick and that's, and all those things, those four questions that I'll share, those are the things that we did in those first three days to bring up the sickness. And, and the four questions that a medicine person would ask is, when did you stop singing? When did you stop dancing? When did you stop telling stories? And when did you stop honoring the mystery of life? And that was where all the things that we did in those first three days, singing, dancing, telling stories, honoring the mystery. It's fucking confronting to know that in just, you know, a day or two, as your ego is being stripped down in a fire, sharing your deepest heart, that you will be in nature with no tent, no flashlight, no knife, really just you and four gallons of water. That's it for a hundred hours. <laughs> for a hundred hours in nature, you get a sleeping bag, a pad. I had a little pillow with me, um, some toilet paper and four gallons of water. And you do that for four days, four days. And then when you come home, 
you integrate. And it was truly the most profound thing I've ever done. And I feel like I've done some things. Yeah. Cause you, know? you have had plant medicine ceremonies yeah. and, yeah. and deep breath work ceremonies. Yeah. Okay. So you want to walk us through like what it sure. felt like during those four days, like what the different things you were confronting. Yeah. Challenged with. Man, I have a journal right here. Yeah, I saw that and, journal. I was going to ask you about it. I love that. <laughs> and actually there's, um, I was just writing commitments and, and there's one thing that I wanted to read. And this is actually from our friend, Alex Rybczynski. I worked with him maybe a year ago and it was this exercise of like, okay, well, what is your purpose? What is your mission statement for life? And my mission statement that came up in those first three days was exactly, it's another crazy moment, exactly what I had done a year before. I remembered why I had done it, but at the time it didn't make sense. But there I was in the vision quest and it was, I'm in service to love, grounded in self-evident truth and at home in nature with space for myself, family, and community to take part in my trustworthy guidance. That's me. That's who I am. I'm in service to love. I'm grounded. I'm here with what is real. I have spaciousness. I'm in nature. And I'm learning how to be a, an honorable guide so that me and you and our community and my family can be walked on the trustworthy path. And that was like the overwhelming, I mean, it like washes my nervous system right now, just feeling into it because I cried so much, man. I think I cried more on this vision quest, more tears, more snot bubbles, <laughs> like just the real shit, you know? Um, Cause I had to take stock. I had to take stock of a lot of the things that I had done that I was still holding on to so much shame for. And that was the first night. The first night was the most revealing because um, when you are in the absence of food and when you're out in nature, you're in the underworld. You know, you're in a space where it's you and the bugs and the trees and the bears. I chose a spot and I looked up a hundred yards. There was a tree with like huge scratch marks on it. And there was droppings on the ground. I'm like, you're in nature, okay? They literally pray for you as if you were going to war. So you sit in a fire at first light, five in the morning, as you go out into your quest after you've done your site selection, and they pray for you. And they sing Native American songs for you. Because it's real shit. It's not to be fucked with. I mean, you are out in the middle of nature. You have no way to survive. If you wanted to run back home, you could, if you could run. But if you get pierced by a stick and you fall or whatever, it's real shit. So it's, it's training for complete ego in integration and disintegration. And that first night was so revealing because I had this dream where I was like coming on a prostitute. And it took me back to this moment that I had so much shame for, and it feels so good to let it go now, but I had to really see it. I had to really see like that I had gone to a prostitute and I had done things where my inner young man was screaming, no, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I was just holding that shame for like three years, huge amount of shame. But I realized I was sitting there after I'd had the nightmare. I mean, it was a crazy nightmare. I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I have to break up with my lady. Like, no way. Is this really going to happen? Cause you're between worlds. I mean, you don't know if you're dreaming or if you're awake 
It's wow. fucking wild. And, and when I woke up in the morning, I was like, I just, I saw the sun come up and I was just like, thank God, you know, like, thank God for my life. Like, thank you for my life because it was so beautiful. Just the sun coming up. And, um, and then I had this beautiful conversation with, with, with my inner young man where I literally sat him next to me, put my arm around him. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Can you forgive me for not listening to you? Like, will you forgive me? And I just truly reparented myself. And I, I think we've all heard that in books and shit. Mm-hmm. But to really feel it was something totally different. And um, yeah, it, it was such a cathartic moment because then I, I put Nova next to him <laughs> and I was telling Nova after I had really realized what the shame was for. The shame was really confronting to me because I didn't believe that I was lovable or worthy. And that's why I went to the prostitute in the first place. And that's why most people go outside of themselves to figure out, well, how can I feel better from there? Cause I can't feel better from here. And fuck, it was powerful because I really got to like actually love the shame. And I know that sounds crazy, but I was actually able to love the shame, which is what five years ago, same thing. I keep getting these messages, man, from one to five years ago, Gay Hendricks on the podcast told me to my face in 2015, he said, Josh, you need to learn how to love your fear. Just this little fucking bomb drop of wisdom from Gay Hendricks on the podcast. You need to learn how to love your fear. And I was like, love my fear. What the hell is this guy talking about? Love my, how do I love my fear? And five years later, I actually know what that means because there is gifts in shame. There is massive gifts in shame. There's no way I would have cried as the sun came up. I mean, I cried like a baby. Like, thank, I just kept saying over and over again, I was like, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for my life. Thank you for my life. Because that dream was so surreal. And it took me to such an insane place where I got to re-experience the moment when I ignored my inner young man. I got to actually fucking feel it again. And it was hard. It was like being stabbed with a sharp sword. And um, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that because it, it cracked me open in a way where now I really understand why we feel shame. And not that in my life, I'm some transcendent master where I'll never feel shame again. I might, or I might not. But to see shame for what it was, and shame is what drove my pornography addiction. Shame is what drives all of our addictions. And then, of course, as we talked about earlier, I just gather the guilt to fortify the shame. Yeah. yeah. And um, fuck, that was healing. So that was night one. Well, in, 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 <laughs> that, that was night number one. Thank you yeah. for, for sharing that. And, um, I, you know, if I may, I think what, what this is, is healed shame healed trauma, healed fill in the blank is real medicine. That's right. That you now get to not only reparent yourself, you get to parent your unborn son in a different way because now you've 
tapped into that experience and you see the lessons in it. And now rather than telling him how to be a good, you know, how to grow up as a, a good son or whatever through a book or through other means, you're going through your own experience, your own self-evident truth about what that means for him and how you can truly be there. And there's a, the words aren't important. It's what he's going to feel from you and the words will fill in the blanks, but you're going to speak from your heart in integrity about what happened in whatever way feels appropriate. And that will give him context and that will land for him versus how a lot of us, um, I, I had a similar experience um, where I saw some childhood sexual trauma for myself. And um, I'd always, on some level, struggle to talk about sex with my two boys. I just didn't really know how. It always felt forced. It felt like, what do I need to tell them? Yeah. When I tapped into what that experience um, created for me, I don't want to say it did to me, but what, what, the path it put me on, I got to understand what happens when young boys get introduced to kind of sexual situations really early. Yeah. When they're not ready to hold that, everything can become sexualized. Yes. And then there's a disconnection from the sensual part, that feminine, that beautiful feminine part. And once I had that knowing, it was back in December, I had a a meditation where it came to me clear as day. And uh, I saw it for what it was. I had gratitude for it. What you're talking about, love the shame. I loved that experience for what it was able to teach me. And in, in healing that, and this is one of, you know, kind of one of the favorite kind of, I don't know if it's an archetype or what, whatever, but when you can come into a situation to share as the wounded healer, You've done the work. You've fucking been there. You're not, this isn't theory for you. You've been there. There's a truth. Again, the words that you say don't really matter because you've got someone because you feel your heart speaking from your own experience and it's being, it's been integrated from the trauma, whatever happened. And there's no perpetrator. There's no victim. It's like, this is what happened. The person who was, you know, on the other side was just a wounded person. Mm-hmm. And they actually were doing the best they could. They, they thought they were doing me a solid, but I was way too young to understand what the fuck he was telling me and sharing with me. And so everything, you know, that innocence kind of went away. Yeah. And, um, you know, to be able to at least trace all that back, what does that also do? It also allows me to release the shame and the guilt yeah. around that path that I took because what else was I supposed to do? These were the tools I, I was given at a very young age, a very formative age. Doesn't mean I still need to live there. And part of my work yeah. is to integrate all of it. And, and that's really what I'm, you know, kind of holding space for personally. Well, it's no surprise that we're sitting here together because, um, I was feeling this incredibly strongly that whole next day. And that was one of the conversations I had with Nova is I was like, Hey Nova, like your sex, like your cock, your, your sex energy, it's your fire, son. Don't let anybody ever steal your fire. 
I just kept telling him that. And he was wow. like, okay, dad, okay. Don't let anybody steal your fire. Our world, Cal, what happened for you, what happened for me at 13, I found a Playboy on, on the, my dad's table. And after that, um, I, I got VHS tapes. And I saw this all clearly, almost like the fractals in your artwork. You know, I was like, all, <laughs> <laughs> it was like all connecting. And I was like, okay. So it went from magazine to VHS, then DVDs came out. Remember DVDs? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then after, right the, ahead. after the DVDs, I went to um, internet porn. And once I hit internet porn, it was like lights out. You know, that was it. That was the way that I could feel safe in here, you know? And so I'm like seeing in the middle of nature, getting this potent fucking medicine on, on, that was the first night that second day. And, uh, I just, I walked up to where the bear scratches were on the tree and I laid on the ground and it's, um, you know, I'll share this. It's been hard to grow wellness for us. It's been hard. I've been the only one, like I've, I've got no financing. I've got no, like a lot of people, they get support. I've just been like, I did it from my friend's spare bedroom on a rickety plastic table with $0. Like that's where I did it from. And, um, so I was just asking spirit. I just, I was laying back and I just looked up at the sky and I was crying and I was like, why has it been so hard? You know, why has it been so hard? Like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to just keep going? And how do I, I, I think I even said like, what would you like me to do? And I just sat there and I just heard this little voice. And it was like, almost like this, like loving whisper. And, and this voice just said like, keep going, keep going, like a little soft whisper. And I just cried because I was like, okay, if you want me to keep going, I will, you know, but I, I don't exactly know how to do it all. Like I can't because my health is suffering and you know, I've put on some weight, which I've shared with you. And, and, um, right after that, Cal, I walked over to my, my little tarp. We get a tarp. It's not a tent, but it's a tarp. Okay. Fucking glamping. No, it's a fucking tarp. So you're, you're open to the bugs, bro. There's bugs crawling at you at night. Anyways, I, I sat there and that's when I had the moment with my son and with myself and out of nowhere, something just went, I stood up, I pulled my pants down and I put my hand on my heart and I said, God, thank you for connecting my head, my heart and my cock. And I went back to when I was 13, like the very first time I'd ever masturbated in a shower where I hadn't seen any porn. I hadn't been, I hadn't been hooked by this world. I hadn't been um, poisoned, if you will, by pornography. Yeah. And it was so pure and I masturbated and I came into the earth right there by myself. And it was the most profound most profound sexual healing I've ever had in my life where I was able to come into the earth to reconnect with her, to connect with my head, my heart and my cock and really feel what that is again. And, um, and I shared it with Carrie when I came back home and she cried and I cried and it was like, cause that's been a big thing, man, is like me forgiving myself for 25 years of watching screens and having sex with women I didn't love. And like, okay, that all happened for me to get to this point where I can actually like love the forgiveness that I have for myself. And so that was profound. That was the very next day. So two days into the vision quest, I've had one of the worst nightmares of my life. 
spirit brings me the, the piercing sword of like going back to when I abandoned my inner young man in Thailand, reparenting him, reconnecting with him and just letting it all go. I just kept saying like, God, it feels good to let this go. It was so good to let this go. And also not with the guarantee or the promise that life will be easy or that it'll be perfect afterwards or that it, the shame or guilt will never come back. Cause that's not guaranteed either. There's a fortification and a trusting of strength inside myself now after having that moment where even if shame or guilt comes around again, it's okay. I'm going to hug it and welcome it in. And then I'm going to ask it like, are you here to teach me something? Cause if you're not here to teach me something, then by the power of God invested in me, I ask you to leave. You're not allowed in my inner sanctum. And if you force yourself in my inner sanctum, you're going to be stuck in purgatory forever. So I ask you to leave and I'll send you love for the journey. Right? <laughs> these lower thought forms that creep in. We all feel them sometimes. Yeah, these we do. Dark thoughts and shit. Yeah. So what do they want? Fear just wants love. Shame just, all these things want love. And so it's the, it's the path of a real warrior, not to be violent, but to love. Holy shit. The most powerful thing we can do is love because it's so fucking hard sometimes. It's so hard sometimes to do that but it is the ultimate mark of, of a warrior, of somebody that can actually go to war. And um, yeah, that was the really, that was the healing I needed. And spirit gave it to me right away. <laughs> it was like, all right, all right, Josh, you're going to show me your courage. You're going to go to a, a Native American vision quest. All right, I'm going to give you the worst nightmare you've ever had the very first night. And then in the morning, I'm going to reconnect you to what's real. And I was just like, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Dude, and it, it, just as you're, you're sharing that, that that's, it's so resonant. For me, that's what I, I, I felt, a complete disconnection from my fire, from my cock. Like it, it wasn't mine anymore. Yeah. And uh, whether it was promiscuity, masturbation, whatever, in, that's what I'm working to reintegrate, to get into that deeply sensual where it's not, you know, it, it's not about blowing your load. It's about that energy, especially that you can create with your partner. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's something that we're orienting towards right now, but there's also a piece for me by myself. Sure. So. And what you're talking about, and I know everybody can feel this because it's palpable. And that is our entire world especially my generation and your generation. This is the first time in humanity that we have a device 24 seven, 365, anything you want, anytime you want it, any place you want it. We are the Guinea pig, dude. We are the Guinea pig. So it takes a profound fathering and a, and a responsibility for us both to say lovingly, no, almost like Neo did in the matrix, you know, where the bullets came. He just, he, he wasn't angry anymore. He just went, no. And the bullets dropped. That's what we need to do with pornography. We don't need to be angry at pornography. We don't need to be, even be angry at, um, at pedophiles, which is kind of crazy. Cause I know there's a lot of charge there for a lot of people. What we need to do is, is tap into our sadness. We need to tap into our sadness about why it's there. The empathy. And we need to let that sadness direct us to the solution. Because the solution is about forgiveness and light and holding these perpetrators. <laughs> Look what happens to people when you put them in jail. They just become worse. They don't become better. Anytime you separate people from society, 
Zach Bush talked about this on the podcast. Anytime you have a cell that is outside of the community, that is where cancer grows. You take a cell out of the community, cancer. You take a human being out of community, you make people sit in their homes, wear a mask, shut the fuck up, do what they're told, cancer. So it's, it's real shit where we are. You know, we're in, a, we're in a phase right now, and because everything is connected, much like your artwork, we are in a phase right now where it is taking loving mothers and loving fathers to reparent the world. And the only way we can do that is by having the courage to like take off the armor and let the sadness fucking stab us. We got to let the sadness stab us right now. Because if we don't, we're just going to armor up more and we're not going to actually feel the gift of the pain. Yeah. And there's the, the story we're telling ourselves that the sadness is going to kill us. <laughs> Fuck. Right? It feels like it sometimes, don't right. it? Right. It's like, it's so painful I that I, I can't bear it. But yeah. we, in every case, we do bear the sadness. We can, and yeah. we make it through. Well, we, we take it on no matter what. Yeah. We may not, it may not go through us, which is what it's meant to do. All emotions, energy and motion. Energy can't be created or destroyed. It can only be transmuted, right? Pretty smart dude said that. He's probably somewhere in your house. <laughs> He's probably somewhere in your house. So, um, but yeah, we, energy is meant to emote. We're meant to have energy in motion through our bodies. That's why you and I do breath work or we like to work out because it moves the energy. When we're not moving the energy, we're armoring. And when we're armoring, sadness can't pierce us. Look at all the great films. I mean, I'll just say these two films. If anyone does anything from this podcast, watch the movie Soul from Disney. Amazing film. And watch the movie Inside Out, where sadness is the gift. Every single politician, everybody in this world that is dealing with like a lack of peace needs to watch those two films. Because those two films will start to crack you open and de-armor you. And then obviously go to whatever else you want to go to, but like watch those films because when you're at peace and you're receiving that message, um, you know, it's going to start to break down the things that need to be broken down right now. Everything we've talked about, man, everything we've discussed and even where I was in the vision quest on that day, it was just like, are you willing to throw up your armoring? Are you willing to throw up your ego, throw up your shit that's been making you hide from the gift of the, the sadness stabbing you. There's a gift in that. There's a gift in the pain of sadness. But we don't want to feel it because like you said, it's like, oh my God, if I feel the sadness, well, and I fell into this trap. If I feel the sadness, will it last forever? <laughs> will this sadness last forever? No, it won't. Because this too shall pass. Just like everything. So that's really where we are as a society. It takes a lot of awesome conversations like this to flush that out. We need to have like thousands of these conversations. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's interesting you bring up, you know, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but uh, pedophiles. Mm. Um, and I think, I think objectively we can look at the collective of, of them and would argue they weren't born that way. There was something, there Absolutely. was some trauma that happened to them. I would say 100% of the time. Yeah. And um, I know it's hard uh, to go there. People might even be like, don't talk about this. They might right. be feeling that right now. Don't talk yeah, about there's this. some tension, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, let's, let's go back out to that field beyond right and wrong and look, 
look at what created this. Um, and it's just kind of food for thought for people that as, as shitty as it sounds, they're doing the best they can. Again, I'm not apologizing for them and, and, and sure. I don't know what the answer is. And anger is a normal, healthy response. So I want to validate that emotion. Anger to pedophilia is healthy, but below anger is sadness. That's really what we're talking about here. So anger is a natural, healthy response to that type of behavior because it wakes people up. Anger wakes us up. Oh, that's right. right. You wake the fuck up if you're angry. Do not touch my child. Feel that, all the parents. Somebody touches your child, I mean, that'd be hard for me not to be violent. It'd be really hard. And that's fair. And that's fair. But then once the emotion, the emoting has settled and we're able to breathe, we would allow the sadness to wash in. Just like if you lost a child, if you lost a mother, if you lost a father, if you lost a, a grandparent. Um, yeah, pedophilia, murder, all these dark parts of the shadow. They're the unconscious shadow of our collective. Other, and, and they are God, otherwise they wouldn't exist. And I know that's really fucking hard to accept. There's an animal telling us that's true. Yeah. Lenny, Lenny is barking at some squirrels. That's part of his shadow. We got the dog here giving us validation. Let's that was perfect. Gears. Let's turn. Let's yeah. talk about night yeah, yeah. two because I'm assuming that's it a whole was, podcast. It was a, it was a little easier yeah. than night one. What did night two feel like? Uh, I kept having acid reflux, and I don't know if for all of you who fasted, I've never fasted for more than. 24, 36 hours. Mm -hmm. So at the 48 hour mark, like in that nighttime, I kept having like bubbles come up, but there was no food. So I'm like, I know I don't have indigestion. What is this? And I realized that it was my body trying to get rid of anything that wasn't pure. Cause that was one thing that I want to share um, on night one is that when I was connected to head to heart to cock again, um, I just kept saying the word, I put my, I kept saying the word pure pure, like over and over and over again, the word pure, 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 getting rid of all thoughts and just connecting with myself in nature. And, um, that entire process, all four days were really a purification. And one thing I do want to mention is before we went out there, we did a huge sweat lodge. I don't know if you've done a native American sweat I lodge. Amazing. I mean, they're no joke y'all. Yeah. If you want to get detoxified, good Lord, they, they fire rocks in this massive fire, like a, like a, six foot high fire, or at least it felt like that. And, uh, I got to this point where I was like, okay, whatever is going to come out here in the sweat lodge, it's going to come out because there is definitely a part of my psyche that still needs to be purified. My heart that needs to be purified. And in this like native American sweat lodge, you sing songs, you share stories, you pray with each other. You really connect with one another and you get real to what is. Okay. So I wasn't the only one that shared my shit that hung out my stuff to dry. And this is why I believe. And again, it's, I know you've done a lot of plant medicine exploration. This is not me here to demonize plant medicine. I just feel like my deep journeys with plant medicine are complete. They're complete. I think microdosing is, is fun and it can bring people to, to um, beautiful states and, and in the right context, it can be really beneficial. But the one piece of medicine that I got um, when I came home and also throughout the four days is I just finally had a place where I could feel held 
And it was, it was like my little man, like my little dude, the one that I had sat next to myself, all the times where I had gone to the ayahuasca and the mushrooms and all these things that just blasted me into the stratosphere. This was the first medicine that made me feel like I was home by grounding me into the earth. And it wasn't through any plants. It wasn't through any psychedelics. It was just the potency and the medicine of nature herself grounding me into the earth so that I could feast on the truth. And the truth, like we've talked about, is not always easy. So that was my medicine. I'm not here to say that it's yours or anyone else's, but I am here to share that that was my medicine. And so this vision quest, this, this purpose mountain with Tim and with Mark, it's potent because they hold it in a very sacred tradition, right? They follow the old ways. There are songs that they sing that I don't know the words to, just much like the Icaros in, uh, in the ayahuasca. But, but this medicine, I believe, this, this nature medicine is, is so pure that it doesn't open you up to the things that ayahuasca opens you up to. And I think I've shared with you before, I, I had to get healed by Paul Check because I was in a ceremony with 80 people and I absorbed an entity and it was all for my healing. It was all beautiful. Right. Cause it got me, got me to hear with you, man. 80 people. So, so Damn. yes. Yeah. And I don't recommend that center at all, <laughs> but, um, so, so that, that was the gift, man. On the second day was like a remembrance of that, a continued purification of cleaning out all the things from my psyche that weren't loving, that weren't loving. And the hippies had it right, by the way, you know, when they said love is all there is. Yeah. The reason that shit got completely bastardized. Um, and plagiarized really and, and, and scoffed off is because we live in a world that likes to hide truth that's in plain sight. Look at what's happening with mask wearing and COVID and passports. Yeah. The world doesn't need me to be more angry about mask wearing right now. The world needs more truth. So I don't need to put out any more episodes. You and I don't need to talk about vaccines and passports and mask wearing at all, dude. That's right. We don't. The medicine that I got on that second day I asked, what do I do with this overwhelming anger that I feel for our world right now? The fuck do I do with this anger? Because I am pissed. On the flight home, I, I don't wear my mask in the airport. I took that shit off right when I got through security. And I always do that. Not as a fuck you, but just because this is who I am. I did that when I was just down in Cabo. Yeah. I was like, no one, actually, no one really has jurisdiction here. And if someone wants to come up to me that wears a TSA uniform and tell me, great, I'll, I'll put it on. Yeah. And then when I walk away, I'll take it off again. What and are you, you going to do? Send me to jail? Fuck you. <laughs> I was telling my buddy. See, that's like, my anger coming through. Yeah, <laughs> it's Fuck. still in there. It's okay. I'm not, I'm not evolved yet. But, but it's, it, <laughs> there's a couple things that happened for me. It was one, the other people that weren't wearing a mask. It was yeah. almost like fight club. You kind of looked at each other, like you gave a little nod. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, okay. But you're also Absolutely. giving other people permission yes. to do that. I was going to share this one thing with you. Perfect. This, this woman, I had my mask off. I'm sitting there at the airport coming home. I had just spent four days in nature, getting my soul cracked open, coming into the earth, reconnecting head to heart to cock. I mean, I was like, I'm wide fucking open, Cal. And I get to the airport and it was just like, boom, here's the real ceremony. Oh, You want your ceremony? Here's the ceremony. The ceremony is you at the airport wearing a diaper on your face. That's the ceremony. And that's the ceremony we're all in. So I take it off. I'm sitting there. I'm on the floor because I like to sit on the floor at the airport. And uh, this woman's playing with her baby and she's wearing a mask. And we're talking and the baby comes over and plays in my backpack. 
And um, she goes, man, I wish I could, I wish I could take this mask off. And I just, with kindness, I just turned to her and I said, you can take it off right now. You can take off your mask right now. And she looked at me and it was the black cat in the matrix. It was like the glitch. Like her heart oh, was I like, just got goosebumps. Her there. heart was like, Ooh. Oh yeah, I can take off the mask. And then her conditioning kicked right back in. And she was like, no, I can't. And she, and she went and she did an uncomfortable laugh, which is what many of us yep. do. Many of us use smiles and laughter as a way to be fake. Yes. And that's no judgment. Cause I've done that shit a lot. Same. But, um, that was the moment where I was like, ah, this is the ceremony. She doesn't need my anger. She doesn't need me to preach to her. She doesn't need me to say, have you heard the episode I did with so-and-so on my podcast? Yeah. <laughs> what she needs is just a kind, loving father to talk to her and to say, you can take your mask off right now. And not to give all the reasons why you're no. right. Just to say, and if, and if she, she got what she needed there yes. and maybe the next time it, it will, the invitation will be to take it off or maybe not, but, but I did it with like an open heart. I fuck. That's awesome. Mm. Because so, there is that conditioning. There is. But they're saying we can't. And, you know, I mean, it would have been hard for me to not say, well, what, what do you, are you going to get in trouble? Like, who's going <laughs> to, and what are they going to do? They're right. going to tell you to put it back on. You can just put it back on. I think one of the big pieces of medicine I got to from the quest, Kyle, is like, and this is in real time with you, was less anger, more truth. That just kept coming through, that message. Less anger, less me convincing you that you mm. need to, to listen to what I'm saying. And just more truth about, okay, well, I'm going to lead by example. And if you don't want to follow my example, that's okay. Like, you don't have to follow my example. But I'm still going to lead by example. And that's the kind of truth this world needs. And again, I'm not going to bat a thousand. But like, that's where I'm at. That's the medicine that I've received. And so... My work is to ground that medicine in and to integrate that medicine. That's why I have this journal with me. That's why, that's why journaling is not just some tick of the box that we do. Like, oh yeah, you should journal. No, you actually create a psychosomatic connection when you journal. And you don't have to, I sometimes I'll journal just by speaking into my phone or, or speaking into Evernote or something. But that was what Tim and Mark said when we came home is like, so what you did a vision quest? So the fuck what? So what you got cracked open? So the fuck what? What are you going to do when you come back home? How are you going to integrate this here in the 3D? Because that's the most important thing. How you bring the medicine and the gift home is overpoweringly more important than the journey you went through. That's why Gilgamesh told the story when he came back. If you ever watched the movie Finding Joe, that's another movie. For your list is Finding Joe. Yeah, that's really good. Finding and I Joe. That. The story, what you bring back home to the people is the medicine for the people. That's why Nako sings, because he's bringing medicine for the people. And if we don't sing, we don't bring medicine. And if I don't share on your podcast, I don't bring medicine. If I don't live this with Carrie, I don't bring medicine. If I don't constantly reflect on the life of my son. And the reason we named his middle name Mauro is because that was my grandfather's first name. So I honor the past. I honor the imperfections of our past. What's happened for you? What's happened for me? All this shit that they didn't know they were doing and they did it anyways. That's what we need healing for. And so Nova's middle name is Mauro 
so I can honor my grandfather and honor the past and create spaciousness for him in the future where he's free from my projections. And that's the greatest gift we could ever do. Another Gabor Mate comment is where really wisdom medicine is the greatest gift you could ever give to a child is your own happiness. I mean, holy shit. The greatest gift you could ever give to a child is your own happiness. It's not all the money in the world. It's not a fucking Ferrari, all that bullshit. It's your happiness. And we can't have happiness if we're not willing to be pierced by the sadness so the emotions can emote through. That's the fucking ceremony. So for those that are called, we need you now. We need you here now. And well, tell me this, how many days uh, post-Vision Quest are you right now? Seven days. So now yeah. you're, you're seven days, but as you said before we got on, you're like, I'm still in ceremony. I'm still now. in the ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. And so what's, what's, what's that felt like? Um, and I do want to, is there anything else you like to like days three, four, like what it felt like when it was over, like what, like share a little bit of that before we kind of move, move to the back into 3d here. What was most potent was I was able to have a recorder. And when we did our shares at the end, I placed the recorder in front of all of us. So I will be, I will be publishing that recording on my show people that want to listen. So that's real time coming down the mountain. I'll never forget this, man. I'm coming down the mountain the fourth night, the sun's coming up. And for anyone that's ever done a journey of any kind, when the sun is coming up, there's that, there's that phrase, it's darkest before the dawn. That's real. <laughs> it is the darkest in any ceremony of any kind before the light comes through. And that fourth night, I don't think I slept at all. I didn't sleep. I was probably up for like 30 something hours straight. In any idea what it was in you? Were you just like ready to come back to the camp? What, what caused that? If I'm being honest, which of course I'm on the, I'm on the great unlearn. I'm going to be fucking honest. <laughs> um, I was a little bit afraid of going to sleep. For the bear? Not for the bear, but for the dreams. The dreams were really intense, man. Gotcha. The dreams is where spirit speaks. Spirit speaks in synchronicities, stories, dreams, omens. Um, some people have reported like they'll be sitting at their house and a fucking owl will fly on the window. Like, like we need to pay attention to these things. But there, I was honestly- There was a, a, I don't even know what kind of bird it was, yeah. but as we were starting, there was this huge black bird that flew through the window. And okay. Up. Okay. Yeah. Somebody post in the comments. What does that mean? Yeah. What's well, a big black? What, is it not a, is it a, like a hawk or hawks black? Uh, maybe they can be. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. We're going to have to talk to a bird specialist <laughs> on that one. Um, but, but yeah, that was, I didn't want to sleep because the dreams were so hard hitting and so profound. Um, and then I, I think maybe that, I think I did like rest for a little bit. Cause I, that's another thing when you're fasting for that long, your heart rate is elevated naturally. So my heart just, I mean, literally I, like if I was wearing this tooth, like my, you would see it moving. My heart was just pounding the last three days. My heart rate was just like, boom, 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 boom. So I, it was really beautiful mental training because with an elevated heart rate comes cortisol and looping thoughts. And so it was really a powerful moment for me to just like sink in and just be with myself in the face of an elevated heart rate. And so I think I did maybe pass out for an hour or something, but I got to this point where um, I knew that the sun was coming yeah. and I could start to feel it. And when the sun came up, it was still pretty dark outside. 
and it just stayed dark for a while, but like the birds started to sing and I was like, I'm going to, it's time to go. It's time to go now. I'm going to go back home. And so I, I walked. One of the things they teach you in the vision quest is the natural gait pattern of humans. We all have been trained to walk fast. One of the biggest atrocities is the New York minute, right? People that believe in that mindset, get out of my way. I have somewhere to go. The pace of nature is a very slow, careful gait, almost like a fox walk. And so I did that all the way from my place up on the mountain. You know, and I, my, my sit spot was like way up on the hill. So I had to climb over trees and branches and it's fucking dark. I don't have a flashlight. I'm coming back to the, to the threshold, they called it at main camp and it's dark. And like, I couldn't really see. So I just trusted myself to make it. And it was just like, it was it was really like a young man becoming a man. That was what hit me. The conversations I had had with young Josh and with my son and with all the, the purification and washing and, and just really like vomiting that I did up there. When I finally made it back to camp and I got past the threshold and Tim was there, the main guide, Tim and Mark were standing there and so was Alia and Hayden. And I was just this slow gate. And they had like the feathers and they had the, the sage ready to wash me because it's important to clean people when they come out of that space because you, you are open to some energies up there. I'll, I'll be honest. You're open to some energy. So it's good to be clean. And um, I just grabbed him. They didn't even have time to sage me or clean me. I grabbed him and I just broke into tears. I just broke into tears. And then I shared with him, I said, like, that was the first time in my life that I've done a ceremony or a journey and actually knew that no matter how hard it was, that I was safe. Because my little man wasn't blasted into the universe from these other substances. That's my path. It doesn't have to be yours or anyone else's. And that was how it ended. That was how, and then the integration began with the sharing. And, you know, I shared a lot of what I've shared here with a lot more tears because it was a lot more fresh then. But I'll never forget it. I mean, the same the same emotion and the same water in my eyes sitting here with you. It's the exact same thing as a week ago. It's just that in life, I think once we, once we cry things out, once we emote them out, then we, we go on to the next challenge. We go on to the next thing. And that's like, that's the beauty of it all. Right. Cause we don't want to just sit and cry all the time. No. Although crying is important. Yes. I mean, God, without tears, how are we supposed to touch the sadness? And then how are we supposed to be powerful? And the one final thing I'll share is, when I was in the group and we were sitting and, and the sun was pouring in and it was just like, thank you, God, like so much gratefulness for going through the ordeal. I mean, what an ordeal. Um, I shared, wow, you know, before I left, I posted on Facebook, like, hey, it's my 41st birthday. That was another thing for people that don't know is my 41st birthday. It just happened to be that April 29th was my birthday, first day of the vision quest. And I got home and I, and I realized that on Facebook I had posted before I left and I had said, Hey, today is my 41st birthday. I'm doing a vision quest for 10 days. And I just put, may peace and power be the result. That was what I wrote. Mm. And when I got home, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> holy shit. You cannot have power unless you have peace. You just can't. And Alan Watts has talked about this. He's all over YouTube. So Google that shit. Power that can be trusted comes from peace power that can be wielded from a patriarchal or an abusive or a demonstrative energy, that power is not trusted. We all know it. 
you know, Moore and Gillette talk about this in, in King Warrior Magician Lover, where they talk about the shadow archetype of the king. There's the weakling and the tyrant of the king. You're a fucking king, right? Look what you've created for yourself. I'm on the path to being a king as well. I'm a king in training. And so I have to be very aware of my shadow archetypes, the tyrant and the weakling. The weakling king only does what's hedonistically good for him. The tyrant king rules by fucking force. He doesn't rule by power. That's why you have this book behind you from Hawkins. That's right. Power versus force. And how funny is it that my brand is called Wellness Force? Ooh. Yeah. So like I'm learning how to be a guardian of that force and not be an arbiter of demonstrative energy with it. That's really my path, which is unfolding in real time. And I'm getting a whole body fucking chill right now just talking to you about it. So that was the gift. I mean, those were some of the gifts from the quest. And the reason they call it a vision quest is because the vision is the same, whether your eyes are open or your eyes are closed. You could be blind and have vision. You don't need eyes to have vision. You just need the heart's wisdom. You have to tune into the wisdom of the heart. And when you tune into the wisdom of the heart, everything's fucking clear. Everything's fucking clear when you just let your heart lead. Oh my God. Once again, simple, not easy. So that's the gift, man. That was the gift of the quest. And I think that's will be my life's work to, to bring this medicine to myself every day, to my lady, to my son, to my community, to my podcast, to everything I'm doing, and just speak from that place. Because if I can speak from that place, then the power can be trusted. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I had two questions with, with regards to that. How hard was it? to fast with just water for four days. And what was the fear factor with the bear? That shit sucked. (laughs) They both sucked. The bear, the bear, you know, what's was funny. The first day I was like looping. I'm like, what? And then there was mountain lions. There was mountain lions and bears. How how did they, this uh, is national forest land. Okay. How how did they have you like, Hey, if you encounter a mountain lion or a bear. Oh, oh, I did have bear spray with me. They let us bring a bear spray. Yeah. But no knife and no fire. They, they specifically designed it so that you kept getting more challenged. So they'd be like, oh yeah, um, no knives. And then the next day they'd be like, oh yeah, uh, no fire for you guys. They just kept, they kept taking away the comfort. Taking away the comfort. I don't think I wanted a knife because I would have probably fucking stabbed myself with it if a fucking bear or something's coming <laughs> Or like carved your name in a tree or something. <laughs> yeah. Cal was here. <laughs> Cal was here. Um, yeah. So the bear that was looping for a while. And the way that I was able to, to get over that was I turned to my sleeping bag and I just was face down. And I'm like, I don't want to see it. If there's a bear, if there's an animal, I don't want to see it. You know, I don't want to hear it. So that was how I did it in those challenging moments. Um, and then the anxiety, your other question, uh, the water fast, the water fast. There were times where I actually stopped drinking water because I thought that that would somehow be easier but actually the water was really important. So I would say that from a detoxification perspective, and, and we all know this, like, like deep in the brown fat and in the fat stores, there's mycotoxins from all the meats and there's all kinds of, of microscopic particles in us that need to be detoxified. And so when you're doing a fast, they come out. I just happened to be in nature while I was feeling the detox effects. So in, in the detoxification effect, there's also you're confronted with that as well all the foods that you've eaten. You know, that's why, that's why we, we only partner with brands 
that raise ethical animals, force of nature meets here in Texas. Amazing. Belcampo, Northern California. So honoring the animal, honoring the planet, honoring myself. This all comes from experiential learning. You, you, cannot, you cannot solve a problem with a solution you haven't experienced. That's you, right. You can't. You can, there's lots of people, Kyle, they have lots of books, man. And the, even PhDs and they don't have the experiential learning. They just haven't been there. And so you have to be able to go there and have, you know, what Paul talks about, the spiritual courage to be able to really be a teacher. You have to have the experience. And so that was what the gift of this quest was, was allowing me to be a teacher. And in no way am I like on the top of the mountain. I've just been on the mountain. So I know what it feels like to be there. And um, the ultimate gift is now, what do we do now? You know, what, which is, ex- it's both exciting and liberating. And also this is what I've been feeling since I came back. I've been also feeling just a deep sadness, just a deep fucking sadness for how our world is, man. I mean, there's so much pain and suffering in this world. And unfortunately, just like wolves that, that prey on animals in the forest, you and I are nature. So we are acting out nature and in nature, the strong eat the fucking weak. So it's up to all of us to be very strong right now. We just had Rachel Fiore on my podcast, who's a mentor of mine. I I believe she's at the highest level of training when it comes to emotional intelligence. And, and we worked with her for a year, Harry and I. And she told me once in a session, she's like, this might, this might sting, this might hurt, but weak people don't heal. I'll just let that land for a second. Weak people don't heal. And it's not to shame people that are weak. But if you choose to be weak, because being weak is a choice. And, and of course, there's nuanced, complex situations. And I'm not using a blanket to cover everyone. I don't know what it's like to lose a child or lose a parent. That stuff hasn't happened to me yet. But there is unique wisdom in taking radical full responsibility for being a warrior in your own life and saying, no matter what comes my way, like I am going to choose to be love, even when it's really, really, really fucking hard. That's the gift. I mean, if there's two things I could say from the quest and from everything we've talked about, if you are lost, stop. Stop. Stop what you're doing. Be still. Go sit by a tree for a day. Look at all the shit that comes up for you there. The second thing, after you've stopped, lead your heart. Use the wisdom of the heart to be loving in the world. Because you're going to be constantly challenged with that all the time. So if we could just, as a society, Cal, like do those two things. Can we just fucking stop? And can we lean into the blade? You know, can we lean into the blade of sadness? The, The wave that's coming, dude, from COVID and masks, we haven't even scratched the surface of that wave. We haven't even felt more than a couple particles of that wave that yet. Too. It's coming, the, the bankruptcy, the suicide. You throw a rock in a pond, nature is fucking awesome. She has the best tools, right? You throw a rock in a pond, how long does it ripple before that water is still? It's a while. Yeah. It's a while. 
Well, I'm glad you brought the sadness part in there as kind of the third part, because that's what was coming up for me too. Like yeah. just honoring, like you coming out of this vision quest with a deep sadness, that's super connected to actually what's happening uh, happening right now. And it, there, I, I feel like there's a, a mourning process to honor in that. Mm. It's like there's a death, really, there's a death happening to the world as we know it. Yep physical for sure. But, but really for a lot of us waking up, like just honoring what's, what is that truth for us? The truth is that this is super sad. Doesn't mean we wallow in yeah. the sadness. It's we honor the sadness mm. as a, as opposed to bypassing it, because if yeah. we bypass it, it's still, it's going to show up and it's going to yeah. show up in ways that we're not prepared for. And we're going to get triggered in different ways. But if we honor like it's a fucking major bummer of what's going on. Yeah. And then we can kind of come through, I, I believe with a clear head and a clear heart and a clear cock, supposedly, you know, we're going to keep with the, the HHC. Oh shit. Um, can somebody make a meme of that, please? <laughs> okay. That's a, that'd be a dope ass meme, dude. Okay. Head to heart to cock. But I, but I believe there's, um, so I'm, I'm really glad that you, you brought that piece in, especially as men. Yeah. Because the sadness thing, you know, I, I, I had a friend talking about his wife's brother killed himself by accident. And um, mm. the way he chose to show up was in strength. And that wasn't to be the rock for the family that everything was going to be okay. It was yeah. to mourn the death of her brother, his brother-in-law, to mourn that his life, his own life was different now that he had passed on. And he honored what happened. He was super sad. He wasn't trying to be there for his wife as the rock. And that's where we get it super fucked up as men, because that's what we're taught. Mm. And what you're talking about is mm. as, as men, as a people, but really as men, can we open up to the sadness of what's happening right now and, and, and maybe shed some tears and cry for the loss of the world as we know it. It doesn't mean that the one on the other side's not better, but we're not there yet. So let's not rush to, this is going to make everything great. Yeah. You can hold that, that thought that helps you get through the pain, but honor that sadness, honor that pain. Wow, dude. I loved how you put that so much. Like, can we, without esoterically babbling, this is like real communication. Can we honor the sadness? Sometimes I would say people are going to choose to say no because the sadness is so fucking overwhelming. And can we make that okay too? Yes. Can we make that okay too? You know, cause sometimes shit is so intense that all you can do is just breathe. I mean, that's why there's a tattoo on my arm. Say, posso respirare, posso scegliere, which in Italian means if I can breathe, I can choose. And that's what came to mind when you said, stop. The first thing that came to mind is stop and yes. just breathe. This is what I, with all my clients and in our breathe program, we teach people to put their hand on their stomach and their hand on their heart. Like, think about how animals breathe. Animals breathe 360. Animals don't breathe like this. <sighs> they breathe like a bellow. <sighs> like the bellows that you'd push on a fire. They, right. they breathe like that. We have been trained 
to breathe like vertically. Dr. Belisa Vranich worked breathing for warriors. We've been trained to breathe like this. <sighs> and then all the energy just sticks. We don't emote shit because we're not cycling the energy through. We're not breathing properly. So you know, in almost four years now of like going deep into breath work, I mean, that's what drew me out to Thailand anyways. I was wondering how I deal with the anxiety and the tension and the fear and, and the armoring that I was walking around with. I mean, that's what the breath, the breath found me because I wasn't breathing. And if you look at a baby, if you cover a baby's nose at birth, they'll start to choke. Well, why is that? Why does a baby start oh. to choke if you cover their nose? It's because we are trained to breathe through our nose. Relaxation looks like this. Relaxation isn't like this. It's very simple. You don't have to be a scientist to know. Like, like that's why I think you also, I know you have training in breathwork as well. That's when we have our baby blessing for Nova this weekend. I'm going to lead people through breathing because Beautiful. we need to, we need to ground in as people together. We, we need to like drop our bullshit and our masks and our walls and our fucking programs and just get real and then honor the sadness, the bullshit, the shame, the guilt, honor everything that bubbles up to the top. Cause just, just like when people were hunting for oil back in the day, they would pierce the ground. The oil would bub up. You can't, the, the oil would bubble up. You can't fight that shit. You can't fight nature. You, you, can, you can try to fight nature, but she will win slowly with her pace. Just like a glacier carving a fucking mountain. You ever think about that? <laughs> think about this, y'all. Uh, mountains are carved by glaciers and ocean water over millions of years. And you think that a mask on your face, because you are so in your own hubris, that you are somehow smarter than mother nature. You believe yourself to be so self-righteous that you are correct. <laughs> and you go stand by a mountain and see how it was formed. And you tell me that you know more than she does. Mm. Sip on that cocktail the next time you're feeling self-righteous. There is fucking potent. Your whole house is filled with artifacts honoring the earth. I was telling you that before we recorded. So the world needs more connection to her, which is honestly why the patriarchy is falling, right? And I'm not here to demonize the patriarchy or men, but we're at, we're at a unique nexus point. You know, we're here, man. You and I are having this conversation. Try having this conversation 20 years ago. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. We'll no, be picked up by a no lot of stations. Way. This is not going to be on NBC <laughs> <laughs> or even MTV, yeah. you know? Back when there was music videos. So yeah, just um, super grateful for you, man. Super grateful that I was able to meet you. Same. Yeah. And, and it's been an effortless connection with you. You know, it's been really cool. I've been searching for people here in Austin, man. It's been a challenge, honestly. It's been a challenge to find like the real deal people. And, and Carrie shares the same thing. And I think, I think that's a mirror of myself and my own openness. Um, cause something that I'm aware of is that I'm slow to trust people because when I go all in, I'm super loyal. Like I just go all in, you know? Yeah. And, same. Right. And yes. so it takes me a while to really go there. Um, but once I go there, like, you know, I'll lay on a track for somebody if that's, if that's necessary. 
So, um, yeah, it's been an utter joy to share. And thank you so much for this space oh. to share, man. And we covered so much ground and I'm just like, is there, I'm not, not to be a host on your own show, no, but away. I'm like, but I'm like, you know, is there anything else that, that I can give to your people? Yeah. You because this is a, 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 you sharing the medicine. Yeah. That's, that's the way I'm looking at this. Yeah, and, man. and, uh, I, I knew when, when we had talked about originally about doing this, I knew it was so fun and easy, but it, but it was even, um, just even easier and more. This is why I love doing this. Me too. Because you and I could, we, we'll, we had a great conversation beforehand, but this is, you just, you just drill in a little differently with an audience. It's because we can feel you with us. Yes. But not from ego. No. From a peaceful place. And we're paying attention. You, you, yeah. you become a better listener because you want to make sure that everybody is getting what's being shared. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I've, I've loved this opportunity and so grateful that, that this was the, really you're sharing uh, publicly this life-changing experience, deepest experience that you've had. And you've had a ton, as you said. Yeah. And so thank you for... Yeah for sharing that here today. And, um, I just, I'm honestly like really excited to see the kinds of stuff that you and I come up with, you know, whether it's doing some more podcasts together and, and bringing in some other people that we're close with and just really riffing on stuff that's important to us with an open heart yeah. and just see, see, you know, what comes of that. So thank you. You're welcome, man. And is there anything else yeah. that, was there anything that you felt like? Yeah. I mean, I, I just want to go back to the actual purpose of life, which is a very, um, it might seem reductionistic, but it's not like, I believe, especially with what I've gone through, the purpose of life is to live with all the feelings. So when people feel purpose less, ask yourself, what feelings are you not willing to feel? Because the feelings are there as guideposts to lead you to your purpose. Otherwise, they wouldn't exist. So that's what I want to share with people that want to unlearn. You know, if you want to unlearn, well, first learn what your feelings are trying to tell you. And then you can unlearn anything. You can unlearn the story behind some of those feelings. Yeah. Share with people. Um, so it's Purpose Mountain. Was Purpose Mountain is, uh, and it's Tim, Tim uh, Corcoran and Mark Tolofson. We're okay. the guides. We'll have that in the show notes. Purpose Mountain. Absolutely. If you feel called, mm-hmm. know that it is challenging, but worth it. And it's not for everyone. And they have limited space. So, And then get, where, get where, can, where can people find you, brother? Wellnessforce.com. Which feels honestly refreshing to say now. It's like, I really feel like I, I can be trusted with the force. You know, power versus force. Yeah. I feel like my mission in the world and even why I've had my unique health struggles is because if I'm going to be a force of wellness in the world, if I'm going to lead wellness force, well, then I have to do it publicly (laughs) with all the imperfections and, you know, all the stuff we've shared today. Like that's true wellness. True wellness is, is sharing in community because in wellness, there is we, the first two Uh. letters. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, for, I think it was Niraj or somebody on my show. He was like, you know, in illness, there's an I. And in wellness, there's a we. Bro. So wellness. I haven't heard that before. That's dope. Wellness is the we. So wellnessforce.com. And also um, 
our 400th episode is coming out with you as the guest, which is a really special honor, man. So um, uh, subscribe to my podcast if you're, if you're a fan of the unlearned messaging. Thank you, brother. Thank you for having me at your home again and, and yeah. letting me share. This was so wonderful. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I love you, brother. Love you too. You've been listening to The Great Unlearn. For more information, check out the show notes or head over to thegreatunlearn.com for additional episodes and information regarding events, retreats, and the TGU store. If you like what you heard today, please click subscribe and share this with friends who might enjoy our platform. Don't forget to leave that five-star rating and review as it really helps us spread the love and unlearning. You can find me on Instagram at cal.callahan and on YouTube under The Great Unlearn. Thanks for listening to The Great Unlearn, and we'll talk soon. No, no different, only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned.